Well, it's a lovely... Is it Sunday? Sure yeah. is. Yeah, Sunday morning here uh, in, uh, you know, in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I was going to give away your address, <laughs> but I figured I shouldn't do that live on, uh, on television. Thank you for uh, data privacy purposes. I appreciate that. Absolutely. We keep it zip here at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Long. Uh, and Daryl, we watch a Fast and Furious movie every week. Uh, this week was kind of special for us because we watched one together just mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. which is not something we've done in a long time. Taking it back to old school. I mean, early on, we used to do this every week. Every week. We just would sit in the same room on the same dumb couch, mm-hmm. watch a movie and record a podcast. We eat delicious Queens burritos and greasy mm, pizza. Yeah. And drank a unhealthy amount of NOS energy drink. We drank a lot of NOS energy. I was actually just thinking about NOS energy drink today because mm-hmm. I was watching this TV show called How To with John Wilson, mm-hmm. which is a really great, funny show okay. on HBO. Um, but um, it's kind of documentary style. At a certain point, he brings like energy drinks to a party instead of a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of like a good idea. Maybe I'll, next time I go to a party, I'll bring some NAS along. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, I think it's very customary now to bring the 12-pack of seltzer. Which, the 12-pack of seltzer is a key move. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think a um, it wouldn't be out of place to bring the energy drink because... Mm-mm. Sometimes you want to, yeah, you've got the nice, uh, mellow, neutral of a seltzer, but sometimes you want to hit it with a little bit of a mix and match here. The thing about the seltzer is, like, people don't bring it. Like, I'll bring the seltzer, right? Mm -hmm. It's, like, sort of my move. It's, like, I bring the seltzer. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's not like other people are going to bring seltzer. Other people are going to bring booze. and like So there'll be booze and seltzer. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like a lot of people end up liking the seltzer. I, I must have picked this up from you because I bring seltzer with me everywhere. Nice. Now. Nice. And my only frustration is like, I just want the seltzer. <laughs> I just want the seltzer. It was like, I got to bring enough seltzer for people, mm-hmm. but then like an extra bundle of seltzer for me. Yeah. So you're rolling with like 24 seltzers. Sort of do roll with 24 seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that I like have enough and I don't feel like at some point the seltzer is going to run out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the NOS is a move. It's, yeah. Maybe go 12 seltzer and like four NOS. Four NOS? <laughs> I was thinking just I was just thinking that four knots. Yeah, twelve four is a good yeah. good blend. All right, that's cool. Well, this week we watched Furious Six. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yep, we watched it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was How was it for you? Uh, it's good. I mean, I think it's always better when we do it in person. That's not true. It's not always better, but this time it definitely was. In person is a little harder because like I have to behave myself a little more on the phone situation, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like not getting distracted and like sitting down and paying attention to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that, but it is nice to watch a movie with you. Yeah. 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 I spend the time on the phone, but I, it's usually that's when I, uh, I take the most time to kind of craft it. Craft your notes. Yeah, I try to put together as much stuff as possible. What well-crafted stuff did, have you put together for us this week? Okay, so I will say I was writing a bunch of notes. Most of it is about another movie that I watched. Okay. 
Definitely, we got to talk about this because I watched a bunch of movies also. But we do have to talk about Furious <laughs> Six like a little bit. I think I blew it on my. So we, were, I've been trying to concoct the worst way, order in which to watch these movies. Mm-hmm. I might have blown it on this one because we watched eight eight. We watched eight eight nine nine three seven six. So did you watch nine twice? I know I watched it twice, but it was accidentally. Yes, yeah. but I'm counting that. Good, good, good. <laughs> As part of this scheme. As part of my master plan. Uh-huh. Meant for that to happen. Yeah. 8899-37 Hobbs and Shaw 6. And like, this was good. This was good. Yeah, this movie's good. Yeah. What do you want me to say about it? You know, Vey is great. I'm in love with Vey. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of Vey. If you they could put Vey in like six other of these movies, I'd be into that. She's the best. She's got a little sparkle too, you know. Gives a little, gives a little wink to Brian as she flips him over 100%. in the tunnel. One hundred percent. And you're like, oh, it's like butterflies <laughs> in my stomach. There's this one scene where she's like sitting back. She's in the hideout. She's like in this sort of mesh shirt, like mm-hmm. long sleeved mesh thing. And she's like sitting back, just like with her arm on the. T- she looks so cool. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to say a word. Is the thing, which I'm not sure. Uh, she has she has a line or two in this movie, mm-hmm. but mostly it's like on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets down to business. That's why she's. Um, I mean, I don't. Yeah, she's an ice cold operator. Right. She's an ice cold operator, which should mean that she's supposed. To, it sounds like that would make her uh, Sean's favorite, but he seems to have like a little crush on Letty, Letty over here. Yeah, which is not cool. I mean, this you're talking precision over here. You're crossing the line over here between... Betraying your code. Yeah. You're betraying your own code, all right? You're betraying your own code, code and it may be, in the end, what, what you know, ends up being your downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, we saw this a little bit, but, like, the fight, the hand-to-hand combat in this movie is above all other hand-to-hand combat in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. It's totally unnecessary. We think about the next movie here where he goes... And uh, fights with, what is this, like, chassis shards? Mm-hmm. And, and fights Shantu on the top. Like, you you did it all in this movie. Okay. Yeah, this movie is the apex of the hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. So you're done with that. Just, like, you no longer have to do any more punching. Yeah. Sort of, and you're talking about, like, punching as a technology too. You know, as like a as a weapon, as a like a as a military technology. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, anyway, like we're moving past our 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 arms war has scaled past punching mm-hmm. in terms of what we're what level we're at. We're led to believe up until this movie that it's been cars, 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 drag racing to solve all problems. Mm-hmm. We're entering this vehicular warfare, mm-hmm. but we're we're made to believe that after vehicular warfare, everybody gets out of their car and then they just punch each other, and then the winner of the fist fight is ultimately yeah. The winner, but I'm saying you put, you're all you're all punched out over here. I think they should go back to punching. <laughs> I think they should go back to punching. The punching in this movie is good. Uh-huh. The like hand to hand combat scenes in this movie, which are numerous, I realize mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of them, um, are all good. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, I agree. I agree. And yeah, I think- the, the Letty Gina Carano fight is great. Mm-hmm. The Tyrese, 
uh, Han and the other guy fight is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the stuff in the plane is is pretty good too. They're all just knocking each other around. Yeah, yeah. I will say I think when watching the plane scene um, this week, mm-hmm. um, I liked that they were able to maintain. Um, kind of like the staging and orientation of everybody mm-hmm. throughout the entire scene. Yeah, right. We've got, um, you've got Tej on Tej and Roman on one side of the plane. You've got, um, you've got like Giselle, Brian, yeah, Giselle yeah, and Han Giselle on the and other, Han, yeah. and you have you know like. Uh, Dom and Letty are moving throughout the middle, and then yeah, and um, at a certain point, Mia and Brian are at the back, yeah, and like doing their thing. But they're able to use the camera angles and just like the flow of the fight scenes all together. No, and, they did it, and yeah. surprisingly, you don't get lost in it. You know exactly where everybody is at any given time, and I think it, um, like, uh, yeah, the lore is yeah. that this is a two hundred mile um, like airstrip. But, I talk about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, we talk about the airstrip thing a lot. But I talk about this a lot about, like, good action scenes, like, and good direction of action scenes are, like, clue the audience into the spatial geometry of where everything is, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's important. Because when you start to get lost is when you're, you start to lose your audience. Mm-hmm. Your audience is like, wait. They, they spend time trying to sort of figure out where things are. Or if they can't figure it out, they sort of give up. And you don't want your audience to like give up on this action scene. Right? Mm-hmm. You want them to know, knowing where everybody is and where in place everybody is at all times is important for the stakes of the action. Mm-hmm. Of like, and each action beat has its own little stakes and its own, you know. So, yeah, having, having like a good sense. And somebody obviously like they drew a map. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this person's going to be here, 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 and then they're going to go here, 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 here. And like, however much time that takes, it's going to take, but at least we'll establish where everybody is at all times mm-hmm. and do that whole thing. Yeah. And I think they did that particularly well with Dom because he does, he ends up fighting both like the big dude and Sean yeah. at the same time. But they use him, like they'll throw him into a box, he'll be on the ground, they'll cut to something outside, they'll show some of the car action, they'll yeah. come right back to him, and yeah. he gets up and like c- continues his fight. So they're using Dom, I think, in the plane to uh, keep a continuous timeline, but... You know, uh, they're using that also to say that everything is happening all at once. Yeah, totally. Um, and and like they keep bouncing back and forth between those things. Mm-hmm. And the interior of the plane is sort of the centering point. But there's also different beats happening on the interior of the plane. It's actually really interesting where like Dom is beating up a guy and then Mia and Brian are sort of running away from the Shaw and they're around the other side of these crates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really well done. And then... You know, as Dom punches somebody, you see Brian come from the other side of the crate and like punch him from the other side. You know, it's like they, you you can catch the pieces where these two intertwining things meet up. Mm-hmm. These two intertwining stories on the inside of the plane even meet up, and then you catch the beats where, you know, we're we're at uh, Roman and Tej, and they bash the car with the other guys behind the um, engine, which then flips over, and we're as we're following that car sort of flip over and trail behind the plane we pull back and then mia and brian pull out the back of the ramp right. and we see it so we catch all these things from piece to piece to piece in that plane 
It's really well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I understand why people at a glance give it a shit, but like to construct a scene, an action scene with that many pieces and that many sort of story beats happening uh, is really hard. And I think they did a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else you got from this watch through? I didn't take any notes because I'm a dickhead, mm-hmm. basically. Mm, I noticed that. Yeah. Same scene. They're driving the cop issue Dodge Chargers. And they're, I don't know, I think they make it a point to show that they are automatic cars, but they have, each character has decided to put it into its kind of like... Low gear. uh, Put it into sport mode where Mm. you're able to activate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Dom does a lot of like low gear shift. Like a lot of those chargers that Dom drives Mm -hmm. are automatic, Mm. but you see him like in across the series, like grab the like... (laughs) Gear shift, right, right, and like knock it into like either a low gear, I can't really tell, or like a high torque setting mm-hmm. or some shit. Usually, when he does his like wheelies, um, which is his signature move. So, I don't quite know if anybody out there, if this is a real thing, let us know, but I don't really think it is. Mm-hmm. I think the movie's just like, yeah, he's like knocking it into like low gear or something like that, but he's mm. he's obviously not like it's not a manual transmission. I mean, so my, yeah, my Volkswagen has a, yeah, like a normal drive mode, and then you move it over to the side, and you're able to up and down shift, sort of manually. Yeah. It's not full right. manual, but it's like... Right. No, I know that. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of automatic cars, even though, even if they don't have that, mm-hmm. have like, at least like a, a low gear, or like a two and a low, mm-hmm. for, for like, I don't know, if you're driving in snow, or you're going up a steep hill that's a little tough or whatever Mm -hmm. you can pop it into a lower gear manually but i don't know how that would assist dom in doing the thing you know that's the piece i understand like shifting an automatic into like lower gear i don't understand how that helps dom accomplish (laughs) the like feats of vehicular warfare that he's trying to accomplish so Mm -hmm. if anybody knows that let us know right that would be cool right yeah um yeah i mean overall i mean this is a high point in the series Mm -hmm. it just is and i don't know what we're gonna watch next week (laughs) i haven't really thought about it uh but you know this movie is good Mm -hmm. and um and you know, I mean, the other thing about this movie that we talk about a lot is Paul Walker is alive for mm-hmm. it, and it makes a difference. Certainly. Right? I just think about 8 and 9 and Hobbs and Shaw, and and really kind of 7, too, mm-hmm. but less so. And, like, just how much of a weird, befuddled, goofy mess that... I mean, even 9, which is directed by Justin Lin, which is this, you know, directed this movie... Mm-hmm. Um, is it's just like super wacko and meta and there's the space stuff and like I feel like Paul Walker and maybe Chris Morgan who's no longer sort of seems to be developing for this series or at least like story working on them um, was like 
at least somebody would be like, nah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, let's let's like keep it a little bit real. Mm-hmm. I feel like Paul Walker was the one who was like, no, this should be tactical and like FBI and like kind of that shit, mm-hmm. which is good shit. I see that. Yeah, he was one of the the last grounding mm-hmm. um, forces forces. Yeah. in the series. Yeah, and now we're floating around. All we are flo- floating. Is the exact word I was gonna use. It's like it feels like sort of. We're just floating out there somewhere, mm-hmm. doing God knows what. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens with 10 and 11. I had a thought the other day, though, where we were talking about Vin, Vin's like weird Instagram post where he asked The Rock to come back. Mm-hmm. We both thought it's not going to work, mm-hmm. right? But I did have a thought of like, nah, bring him back. Mm-hmm. I know we've shit on The Rock, and we don't like The Rock's vibe, and we don't like what The Rock brought to this franchise, and the way he sort of took the reins of it, and the way he tried to rockify it. and the what. Mm-hmm. But there is something that's like, you know, if we're just going to do it, like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Bring everybody back. Fucking do it. You know, like, go to space. Go to Mars. Let's do, like, Mars shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Like, whatever. Let's have a good time. If we're going to be bombastic, there's nobody better suited to bombast in American cinema than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to, you like, that's why there's something about, there's pieces of Nine that feel like an imitation of The Rock's flavor, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to imitate what The Rock is cooking, <laughs> so to speak... Mm-hmm. Might as well just get The Rock to cook it himself. Right. Right? I mean, is that unfair? I think so. Uh, I think it has been a little bit... It's come to question for me. So we're supposed to have... We have nine. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to have two more movies. It almost seems to me that, like, with this proposition to get The Rock back, Mm -hmm. that once he comes back, to make... That's the that would be the final movie. You can't bring them back for ten, and then what are you gonna do? Are you still gonna have an eleven? I think if they do no, that, and one big blowout, it's done after that. Well, right. This is like the thing I've been talking about. Like, just do the Avengers thing, where it's like two one, part. it's two parts, mm-hmm. and maybe in the first part you don't have the Rock, mm-hmm. and in the second part it's like Hobbs comes in, yeah, to like save the day. Yeah, I yeah. mean. I think you would have to, yeah, bring the rock back would be a big move, tie it all together, yeah, and make the final um, family invitation, and then, you know, then it's done. Right. It would be interesting if they just actually did the Infinity War thing, mm-hmm. where like a giant space, purple space <laughs> alien came down and like got all these magic stones and snapped his fingers, and then like half the team disappeared. Like, dust it <laughs> away. I actually think this would be kind of good. <laughs> like, and the dusting away is the thing that the rock makes the rock like sit up in his bed and uh-huh. it's like, what just happened? <laughs> and then, like, you know, that's like the start of movie two. Okay. And then in the final minutes of it, what they have to do is they have to turn back time and then they reset the clock and they have to go big time travel yeah. back to the beginning and then you introduce all they reintroduce all the young characters yeah. from nine oh, and then restart the series all yes. over again. 
If they could meet themselves. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like cause like a terror in the space-time continuum. Yeah. And like obviously Ludacris is the guy who like understands the like oh. mechanics and and dangers, like the, the inherent dangers of time travel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then yeah, that fuels another um sort of philosophical breakthrough for Roman. Right. Absolutely. In terms of like Right, 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 right. Maybe he's like attracted to his younger yeah. self in some way. You know what I mean? It's like he has to like deal with that emotionally. Uh-huh. I'm, we're joking around. Yeah. I do think time travel is a legitimate avenue that pe- very serious people in, in who are getting paid lots of money to work on these movies are seriously talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think that's something that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, what other movie you want to talk about? Um, okay, so I watched Tom Hanks' Finch movie. Yeah, yeah. You watched this one? I watched about 45 minutes of mm-hmm. it. I had to do it in two parts. Yeah. Um, I'll start, like, from the end and go to the beginning. I watched, like, a little behind-the-scenes interview because mm-hmm. um, I was trying to figure out just a little bit more about how they did the motion capture. Yeah. Which it was not revealed to me, so I'm kind of unsatisfied with it. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hanks basically said in this interview, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty, like, optimistic movie. I was like, it's not. It's a very sad movie. It's bleak, right? Very bleak. That's why I had to watch it in two parts. Mm. Um, it just made you too sad. It was pretty sad stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's it seems to me to have a little bit of an identity crisis. I tried to... It's like a little bit like a lot of other movies. I've narrowed it down to it's Walking Dead plus The Martian mm-hmm. plus iRobot. Wasn't there another movie in which Tom Hanks was like stranded alone by himself and then like he With met... With volleyball? Like, well, obviously... Okay, so this is like my whole point. It's like they keep... For some reason now, mm-hmm. everybody's interested in like recapturing the castaway magic. Mm-hmm. Uncapturable. Right. And because, like, at that point in 2001 or 2000, Hanks was this, like, goofy every guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd done serious stuff, like Philadelphia. And, like, you know, he, he was, he was like... But I, I do feel like in 2000, that movie has a certain vibe where it's, like, we're taking normal-ass dude, dropping him into extreme circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, like seeing how he deals with that and the emotional toll it takes on his life and the life of the people around him. This one is like, oh, it's just Tom Hanks being dusty as, like, a dusty-ass motherfucker, mm-hmm. like, alone. And, like, yeah, he's, like, been alone for a while, but, like, he's good at it. Right. We sort of see the... It's only the second half of Castaway, basically. Mm-hmm. Or the whole Martian movie. Yeah, or the whole Martian movie, which is like, is that movie? I mean, that movie's kind of I like charming. That movie. Yeah, yeah, I liked it when I watched it. I liked it for what it is, so I didn't need to watch it again mm-hmm. in this in form. this movie. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, there's something about oh, News of the World, which okay. is this movie that came out like in 2020. This is the News of the World was the one where Tom Hanks got COVID in Australia while shooting it. Got it. Yes. But um, it's a bad movie. And it's again like him sort of traveling alone and then finds an unlikely companion and has to like take care of this unlikely companion. Mm -hmm. 
I just like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I had difficulty with this movie is like, is it about a relationship between man and his dog? Or is it mm-hmm. about, is it actually about this like development of artificial intelligence? And if it is about the robot, I mean, it's not that good of a robot movie because no. they, they take these huge leaps in over the course of six days. This thing not only goes from basically a Russian parts bin and he immediately learns sight, right. vision, walking, running, running, driving, jumping, throwing, breaking. And is now trying to understand uh, humanity through trust and whatever. So I thought the acceleration yeah. of was AI advanced. was yeah. too advanced if this was supposed to be a robot movie. Right. So, I mean, I think the best part of the movie is really right at the end when the robot figures out that he has a magnetic can opener built into his chest yeah. so he can open dog food. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing for a robot to figure out. Yeah. I, I mean, to go back to the Tom Hanks thing, there's just something that they're not quite clicking into place here, right? Like, there have been some very good Tom Hanks movies recently, mm-hmm. in recent years. And I'll borrow a point taken from another podcast, which doesn't exist because no other podcast exists but ours, Mm -hmm. um, which is that Tom Hanks is very, very good at, like, playing guys who are... He is a guy who is very good at his job of acting, but he's really best when he's playing, also playing guys who are very good at their jobs, Mm. who are, like, just down his business and very good at their jobs. Like the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code... (laughs) Great point. <laughs> the post, he's like great, mm-hmm. and he's like good at his job, and he's serious, and he knows what to do, and he's like whatever. The 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 lawyer one where he's the bridge of spies one, mm-hmm. where he's the um, he doesn't play the bridge, he plays um like a lawyer for this like <laughs> Russian spy. He's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about these movies where he's sort of cast alone and is grizzled and annoyed. That doesn't quite capture the magic of like, of like being good at his job. It's just like I, there's something about it that's not that's like missing. There's a piece there that's missing, and what I really think it is is like another, an, another world class actor for him to like be in a scene with. Mm. That's really what I feel like is missing. Mm. Like Bridge of Spies works because you've got this like murderer's row of like A-class character actors. Like you got Mark Rylance in there. You've got like these German dudes who are like like famous German movie stars basically who are in a couple scenes with him. I mean, you really got like everybody in that movie mm. is like world-class. And so all the scenes that Tom Hanks is like playing off of, you're like... Hell yeah, this is an engaging scene because it's Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks, being good at his job, doing his thing, acting well, but against somebody who's like, he can play off of. Mm -hmm. And in the Finch movie and in the News of the World movie, like the kid is not very good. And like, it's just Tom Hanks sort of being annoyed about the kid. And it just doesn't work for me. And then the Finch movie, it's like, I don't know. The robot thing is like, it's just not, you know, you you want Tom Hanks to have an equal. Mm Mm-hmm. In the post, he's got, like, Meryl Streep to fuck with and, mm-hmm. like, you know, all the other people at his newspaper to fuck with. 
is good. So there's that part, that, in, which doesn't quite make sense because we think of Tom Hanks of like the, one of the best things Tom Hanks ever did was spend a like, whole movie alone by himself mm-hmm. doing nothing, you know, like yelling at a volleyball. <laughs> yeah, losing his shit. Losing his shit. But for some reason, that is like, that's over. That, that, that stage of Tom Hanks is over and I don't think it's recapturable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's sort of my Finch thought. Um... You watch a movie or multiple movies this week? I watched a ton of fucking movies this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of movies. I saw this new Jane Campion movie, Power of the Dog. I, I didn't watch it. I mm-hmm. see it over here. Yeah, I went to see intense. it in the movie theater. It is intense. Yeah. I went to see it in the movie theater, which I would recommend, mm-hmm. rather than I know it is on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's intense. I mean, Jane Campion is one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Directed Sweetie and uh, The Piano, which was like a huge sensation in the early 90s. And uh, Bright Star, which is a great movie. Um, she created a TV show called Top of the Lake, which is very good. Anyway, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. This movie is good. Mm-hmm. Um the more I think about it, the more I like. It's one of those. Mm. Benedict Cumberbatch stars. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that was like, this is an odd fit for him. Mm-hmm. He's playing like sort of a roughneck, mm-hmm. um, which I know is a specific term that I'm not using correctly, but like uh, he's playing a uh, sort of a, a cowpoke in the, you know, a sort of rough guy in the 1920s in Montana. Mm-hmm. And. I will say that he won me over. By the end, like, he, he, he won me. I won't, maybe not the character, but, like, he, I think, sort of settled in and did a good job and was like, I'm believing this 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I sort of lost the Benedictness of it, which I liked. Does he, um, does he have to use a American accent? Yeah. And how does that? Um, it's pretty good. I, you know, he's done it before. Mm-hmm. He he's, uses an American accent in... Doc, the those Marvel movies, the Doctor Strange movies. Really? Yeah, I've seen those, but I always remember it as if he just keeps. He's up. like British. Yeah. No, he's American in those. Okay. Uh, I think his American accent is fairly good. Mm-hmm. It's a li- there's a just a little bit of tonality that's like kind of weird, mm-hmm. but he's can hide it a little bit behind the there's a there's a sort of countryness to his manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. I won't say southern because it takes place in Montana, but there is like a countryness to it that he can tuck it behind. That he can yeah, ac- that he yeah. Can access. Yeah, exactly. So Jane Campion's a master. It's masterfully directed. Benedict Cumberbatch is great in it. Um, it's an odd movie. Mm-hmm. It's Sort of, yeah. Does Kirsten Dunst have a lot of screen time? Yeah, she does. Yeah. And it's good to see her back, and she's very good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband, her real-life husband, Jesse Plemons, plays her husband in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's a guy who I'm interested in, mm-hmm. who I think uh, I am sometimes question why he was chosen for a certain role, and I think maybe in this one too. But... Um, but I don't... It, it doesn't take me out of it. I mean, I, yeah. Okay. He's good. He's good. It's a weird movie that nothing quite feels real. Like, it's not shooting for, like, hardcore realism of Montana in 1925. Mm-hmm. Especially because 
it's very obvious the whole thing is shot in New Zealand and the mountains of Montana are the mountains of like the South Island in New Zealand. And maybe that's a little more obvious to me, but I think people would recognize that mm-hmm. watching this movie. There's like huge New Zealand vistas and landscapes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not aiming for like hardcore realism and heart. Everything's a little like of a place mm-hmm. or like fabulistic. Um, and I think the characters are as well. Like, they're 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 like real in a sense, but then just pushed a li- heightened a little bit to sort of you know this sort of this like imaginary storytelling kind mm-hmm. of level. Um, and same with the sets, um, it's like there's a little bit of would this really have been a thing there in 1925? Meant mm, maybe not, mm-hmm. but. I don't really mind because it's servicing the story that they're trying to tell. So I think that's pretty okay. Mm-hmm. So Okay. So you said it's growing on you. It sounds like generally a positive review. Mm-hmm. As we enter the uh, end of the year here, yeah. do you think this is a contender for any of your top In the top slots? 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. We'll have to wait and see. I will be putting together a top 10 list, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Should we do a couple shout outs? Sure. All right. Um, so we got to talk about Hertz. Okay. This is a real deal. Like, we got to talk about Hertz. Be- All right. So yeah. last week, um, you had... Sw- you it was had- two weeks ago, I think. Okay. Two weeks yeah. ago, you had um, amended your previous anti-shout-out, mm-hmm. turned it into a shout-out, yeah. and it sounded like where you- we left off, you were getting a full refund for your... Yeah, for your car. Yeah. But, um, so two things happened. Okay. And we look like idiots for praising Hertz. One is there was a very popular thing on Twitter of like this woman's story of trying to deal with Hertz over the Thanksgiving weekend mm. and um, or the weekend before Thanksgiving. And that blew the fuck up. Mm. Um, but before that, I just want to I'll talk about that in a second. Before that, Hertz did something fucked up where the like thousand dollar rental that they had refunded me. Mm-hmm. They just charged it again. Hmm. Just rando charged my card mm-hmm. without prior notice or anything, which feels real suspect to mm-hmm. me. So I called them. I was like, why did you guys charge my card again? I mean, I, mean, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact amount that I was refunded. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, that is weird. Well, we're just going to refund it again. It'll process in seven to ten days. And it's like, okay, so first of all, what if I was near my credit limit? Mm-hmm. And it had like... Blown me out. Blown me out. Yeah. That would have been bad. And number two, I'm just giving you like a 10-day loan? Hmm. Like a no-interest 10-day loan? I don't, I don't understand that shit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm back to anti. I'm mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't be able to just like charge a card, right? Hmm. You shouldn't. That seems so. I've never really utilized these like credit card benefits um, but that seems like the type of thing that you would dispute. It's actionable. Yeah, yeah. actionable and you, that you would if dispute. My stance right now is if the refund does not process in the time frame that they told me it would, I will absolutely take action on it. There's mm-hmm. no question. Um, so that was a problem, an annoying one. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, I don't understand it and I'm really frustrated by it. And it's like upping my balance on my card. So like my credit. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay, fine. I'll get over it. Um, 
But this woman had this story on Twitter, Kate Klonick, uh, Kate Klonick, okay. and she basically had this thread blow up about her dealing with Hertz, and we were at the exact, we went to the exact same Hertz on the exact same day. Oh. This is crazy, on Dean Street in, in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, my experience was I got there at 8 a.m., when I had my rental and I had to wait for in line for an hour and a half to get a car, to mm. get inside of a vehicle, Ugh. which was problematic. Right. Uh, Cause there's one person working at the window. It's a tight parking garage. It like takes time and they don't have enough cars really. And like, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. The other, this woman had a reservation for noon and the place closes at 1230. And so she got there at, you know, a little before noon. Okay. Got in line, which there was then like 15 people in line. And basically the person was like, I'll take the next 12 or whatever. And then we're closing. Mm -hmm. I'm not servicing you. Wow. So she like then had to go to LaGuardia and they were trying to charge her $1,800 to switch her rental. And then she went back, you know, so she like bounced around and finally found a rental for, anyway, it sounds like, horrible experience and then Hertz was so we look like idiots for praising Hertz and mm-hmm. being like yeah Hertz was good <laughs> when like this is now the common discourse of like Hertz is the worst company in the, in the entirety of the United States mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention that okay so uh, for now I'm reverse reversing my my shout out back to an anti shout out uh-huh. for Hertz okay yeah that's where I'm at alright what do you want to shout out to this week uh, I have a pro shout out. Nice. Um, I learned Keep a, it positive. I learned a new game, a new card game yesterday. Hmm. David Hunter was here. He taught us how to play spades. Hmm. Have you ever played this game before? I feel like yes, but I'll be honest, I haven't played a card game in maybe 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we like playing cards. It's yeah. fun. We have uh, like a few that we normally play. This was nice. I thought I had learned how to play it before. Definitely after starting it, I was like, never done mm. this. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the gameplay is good, so I think there's there's three components to it. I think the gameplay is good. It's your normal like suits and stuff, um, which is easy enough to sort of understand. I think the two things that make the game um, complex and also more interesting is there's like betting and scoring, right? Kind of built into it, where you're supposed to um, reach a certain point total by collecting all these books. And you're, you have to, like, bet on how many books you think you're going to take in each round. Right. And um, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun way to put kind of, like, wager into the game without it necessarily being tied to, like, yeah, like, poker, like, money or tokens. It's mm-hmm. sort of built into the mechanics of the game. Cool. So uh, I was terrible at it. Jess picked it up really quick, and she was very good. David... Uh, Swept us, but I had a really good time learning a new game, and um, I'm gonna probably watch a YouTube video and try to improve mm, try my to improve game strategy. Skills, yeah. How but, many to how many players? Um, I'm not sure. It seems like you need at least three, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, I'm not sure. You might be able to play with four. You do mm-hmm. have to deal all the cards out, and like, so. I'm sure you could play... I'm not sure if you could play with more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it was a lot of fun. So 
if you have so shout out to spades shout out to spades yeah everybody is there a good resource i mean is it just youtube or is there like another resource people can go to to sort of learn this uh card game it sounds like a pretty popular game okay so i've never played it before but i think you could learn it from a friend or yeah. you can learn it online but if you have the opportunity to play i recommend it okay yeah. good good to know yeah. good to know i've never played well i feel like i have played spades but like Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these card games that, like, I just, I don't play, I mean, I don't play cards. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know. I mean, it sounds like a really nice, sweet thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I I can't remember. I cannot remember the last time I played cards. Yeah. Yeah. I played cards, and, like, I think I got it confused. I think I played hearts before. And I've definitely played hearts. Yeah. But that's a very popular game. Yeah. That's one of, like, the big ones. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I feel like... There's like those. The, there's a category in which I don't know what they're called, but they're like partner games. So there's mm-hmm. hearts where you have a partner. There's euchre where you have a partner and you sit across from. Them. And then there's bridge, which is like the, the top doggy. I've never played bridge before. I yeah. only hear about it in movies. Bridge is like a thing. Yeah. My mom is like a bridge, bridge shark. It's like <laughs> she goes to the bridge club. Uh huh. It's a real thing. Is that one of those, is that like a huge, to me, like when people say bridge, it sounds like you're going to a bingo hall. Because I don't know anything about the game. There is, it's less, it's definitely the same vibe, like old people vibe, Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure there's some young, youngsters out there who play bridge too, but um, it's definitely a sort of trends older. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely a thing where you go to like a place and like a like a hall and mm-hmm. play bridge for an evening, and then I'd like to learn that. that yeah, and you like have a like nice a partner game. that you play all the time. Oh, so my mom has like a bridge partner, mm-hmm. that, and she plays with this person. It's a serious commitment. It's a serious, it's serious, serious shit. Yeah, wow, absolutely. So, cool. yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I've uh, never played. Mm-hmm. Never played. Don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's it from me on my side. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to, uh, I don't know, whatever, reach out to us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. Uh, no one likes to tune podcast on Instagram, patreon.com slash no one likes to tune podcast. Um, we did get a new patron this week. Oh. Whose name I'm going to shout out. But, uh. You keep going through the things while I look it up. Uh, sure. We're on Patreon. We're accessible by Gmail. No one likes the tune of podcast. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you consume your podcasts. We're not on Gmail. <laughs> no, we're not on Gmail anymore? We're locked out. Ah, never mind on the Gmail. Try us through our normal <laughs> other channels. We're locked out again. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Oh, that's why. I couldn't get into Patreon the other day. I can't get into Patreon. Okay. It needs me to verify something through the email, and I can't get into the email right now. Uh-huh. Uh, but we'll be posting something on Patreon coming up, uh, a little little ballot, pretty soon, because 88993737 Hobbs and Shaw 6... We're going to do next week one, and then we're going to do two, and we're skipping five and four. Oh. 
because of the duplicates. So we're still doing a 10-week cycle. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be the end. We're going to do a one-two. Uh-huh. One-two punch. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So then all our, our, our in-betweener will be TBD, but the poll will be up on our Patreon. Once we point. get access to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once we get access to it, hopefully this week, mm-hmm. we'll call Google and get access to it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I have had to call Google before. Really? You ever called Google? I think I may have yeah. at some point, but yeah. I don't remember Hard why. people to reach. Yeah. Hard, hard folks to get a hold of. So, at some point, I'm going to call Google, and uh, yeah, we'll let you know. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy yourselves. Till next time. Mm-hmm.